0: everybody, what's cracking? It is Friday, June 2nd, 2023. Welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Osier. This is episode number 379, if you can believe that, of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Cherie Slam, Marcus Seiler, Jamie Fleck, Matthew Pelkey, LFG, Aaron Strong, the entire Simply Cyber community, and you are gonna be ripping through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my opinion, my analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break into the industry, it will be incredibly valuable to you. In any job interview, you'll be asked, how do you stay current? This is a great answer. On top of that, being able to effectively deliver uh, cyber risk reduction for your organization in any capacity requires you to be informed and on top of what's going on. Randolph Gaiman. Dropping gifted subs. Thanks so much, Randoc. What? Did
1: we just become best friends? Yep. For those
0: new members, Steven Lappin, CeeLoZoo, Ricky Tip, Sweet Delight, Stacy Loki in the house. What's up, Stacy? Giddy up on the emotes, guys. You're going to love them, the squad emotes. We've added some new ones in there. Flaming Donkey APTs up in there. Guys, it's going to be a great show. I'm super pumped for you. But before we get into it, let me say what's up to the sponsors. Starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor, longtime evergreen sponsor uh, and co-host from time to time, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Listen, y'all, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They straight up open hand slap Chris Rock style, Will Smith style, Big Will, whoops! Cyber incidents in the mouth, put them in their place, and more importantly, in real, in, you know, like being real for a second. Barricade Cyber can help businesses get back on their feet. And trust me, when you're dealing with a cyber incident, you're a hot mess on fire if you've never really been involved with one before. It's very, very shocking to the system. It's like an ice bucket challenge, kind of, except way less pleasant. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security for the continued sponsored support. Panopsi Security run by Brandon Poole and his team over there deliver information security services but specifically one that I want to share with you is their quantified risk assessment methodology. Now without getting into all the nuances of how to do a quantified risk assessment or what it, you know, what what differentiates it from a qualitative risk assessment. The TLDR here is with a quantified risk assessment, you can have the ammunition you need to defend an argument, to ask for budget for certain things, more people, more technology, you know whatever it is a quantified risk assessment will reveal your actual risk exposure statistically so you can have actual meaningful deliberate conversations with business leaders and allow them to make the decision remember guys you might think CISOs are are accountable for uh, security at the organization but they're not that is a philosophical mis. um well philosophically I believe this people will argue but it's a it's a misconception. Information security <coughs> leaders <coughs> excuse me. Information security leaders are responsible for advising the business. It's the business's decision ultimately whether or not to fund certain initiatives and determine their risk tolerance. Quantified risk assessments can have that <coughs> can have that happen. Alright. Also wanna say Uh, you know what i might do we only have two sponsors for the month of june because some 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 shenanigans happen but i do want to say shout out to aci learning we'll talk more about them at the mid roll guys i do not watch or listen or read any of these news stories before we go live every single morning at 8 a.m so you're going to be getting my initial thoughts reactions exposure same time that you're hearing the stories for the first time as well if you're live with us here what's up 125 you i swear to god listen First of all, hashtag team live in chat. If you're watching, um, Skeletor needs a slug. I need a slug of coffee. Listen, if you're watching live with us right now, hashtag team live in chat. But let me just tell you, I have noticed the trend on Fridays. I've mentioned it before. People are a little slow to get here on Friday. The numbers don't come in. We must, the Simply Cyber community must have a, a, a faction of college students who I'm just saying, I went to college. Thursday night's the start of the weekend. Friday, 8 a.m., I hear you. Okay, it's tough. It's tough. Hey, I'm a working professional. It's tough getting up every single morning and doing the stream, right? So, hey, college kids, catch you on Team Replay. (laughs) So if you are watching on Replay, hashtag Replay in the comments. I do love engaging with the Team Replay folks and getting their opinions and thoughts. If you got here late, if you're leaving early and you're going to catch the rest of the show, half live half hybrid holler at you hashtag team hybrid good to see everybody peter lee carrie always andrew chavez what's up george vincent if it's your first time here let us know in chat i always like to find uh or say hi to the new people hashtag team hangover that's right gold so um let us know if it's your first time here i love it It, you're gonna love the experience i believe believe me uh and finally my friends who are shy socially introverted Maybe uh, regulars. I know there's a bunch of people who are regulars of the Simply Cyber Threat Briefing who never comment. If you're ready to take a step into the light of social professional networking, holler at you with a hashtag passive observer. And community, if um, you see someone say passive observer, please welcome them into chat and wish them a good morning. All right, y'all, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. Check your certification body's policies. ISAC, ISC squared, I validated. Um, CompTIA, I'm not sure, you'll have to double check that one, and then the other ones I didn't check, okay? Hashtag, um, hashtag, ah, it's Friday. All right, um, what was the final thing I was going to say? I think that's it. Yeah, all right, so let's sit back, relax, I'm going to cut the show a couple minutes early today. You may notice that I'm not wearing a cybersecurity T-shirt. I have a special uh, event to go to at 9 a.m., which I will tell you more about at the mid-roll. Ooh, uh, what do they call that? Um, intrigue. Stay with the show and catch the intrigue. All right, guys, sit back. Let's let the hot news over you, Let's do. It. Let's do it. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Friday, June 2nd. What? Amazon Ring and Alexa accused of privacy violations. The Federal Trade Commission on oh. Wednesday charged, of justice, two Amazon outfits with various privacy screws. The Ring, Home Security Cam subsidiary, was accused of, quote, compromising its customers' privacy by allowing any employee or contractor to access consumers' private videos and by failing to implement basic privacy and security protections. End quote. The FTC also took on Amazon over its Alexa devices data retention policies, stating, quote, Amazon retained children's recordings indefinitely unless a parent requested that this information be deleted, end quote adding quote even when a parent sought to delete that information Amazon failed to delete transcripts of what kids said from all its databases end quote
0: all right hold on uh, a couple things one this is gross two i'm uh, from a production perspective i'm hearing that there are p- uh, performance issues all right smooth at the moment all right couple things couple things here one ew okay second this should come as no surprise um the the, uh, the echo device one I'm curious about so here's the thing well there's a bunch here okay so it, it makes no it's it, okay how, how do I frame this This should come as no surprise to anyone. We live in the like the gilded digital age okay I've made this argument in the past I'm gonna make it again in case you're new here. We live in the digital gilded age. Instead of Vanderbilts and Rockefellers with steel and railroads, it is data. Big data, big tech, and data is the new gold. It's the new oil. I've been saying this since 2014. You can f- go check the receipts on Infosec ICU, the original podcast I used to do. So it makes no shocking surprise that one of the biggest tech companies in the world would be data hoarding, okay? And yes, there's all sorts of tricky ways that you could say, oh, we're using it to, to uh, train our AI models. We need to keep it for quality assurance. And that's just, maybe they're doing that, but it's patently false. They're hoarding this data and saving it. Now, whether it's okay that they save it or not, that's not even the point they are doing a crap job of actually securing that data that data is an asset it is a resource just put aside the the privacy the disgusting privacy invasion piece of it right let's just say everybody opted in to having all of the data collected on them they are not putting in basic security controls they are not encrypting the data at rest they do not have access controls where they would be able to limit who is allowed to access that data and when they're allowed to access it, which just, there you go. Like when you don't have controls in place, this is why fraud happens in in companies with crappy internal financial controls because opportunity, motivation, and, and, you know, like lack of being able to get caught leads to people doing things, maybe if they wouldn't. So in this case, all sorts of staff, including third-party Ukrainian people, which doesn't even matter that they're Ukrainian, right? It's just third-party people, right? That They say Ukraine. Like, I don't know if that's to solicit some response, like, oh, like, viva la Ukraine, or like, oh, Eastern Europeans. Like, it doesn't matter. It could be people in Rhode Island. It could be people on the moon. It doesn't matter. It's third-party non-Amazon employees accessing data that they shouldn't be. Now, the fine is for $30 million, which is literally... That is a freaking joke. Like if your goal with a f- the goal <clears throat> the goal of a financial penalty is to hurt the business in order to correct them from doing it again. When your kid, you know, whatever writes on the wall or you know, uh, you know, eats ice cream before dinner, you punish them by sending them to their room or you take their technology away or whatever it is that is the lever that you can pull on your kid. And the idea is that the next time the child is presented with the opportunity to gorge themselves on some Haagen-Dazs, they make the choice. I do not like punishment. I will not do that. This is the same thing in the business world. Here's a financial penalty. Suck it because you're not going to want to pay this fine in the future. $30 million is nothing, nothing to Amazon. They make that in a few hours. Like we could we could do the math. They probably make it faster than in a few hours, okay? Let's not even get into the union busting and all that stuff. So here's my thing. This is gross. This isn't gonna change anything. And I wanna point out one final thing that, uh, People might say too like I was initially like oh my god gross like um stable s- staff able to watch customers in bathroom I was like that's gross who the hell would put who the heck would put a-, a camera in the bathroom but then I thought about it for a second I worked in healthcare for a while right if you have an elderly person who has like slip and fall likelihoods or you're responsible for like a nursing home, and you know what I mean. Like you need like a panopticon type situation. That's a hey. There's your uh, <laughs> GRE vocab word for the day: panopticon, um, and it's actually being used correctly. So if you have like a panopticon situation where you have one person who needs to be able to look at multiple people, this is an actual solution. Okay, so there is a reason for cameras in bathrooms, although it is deplorable and disgusting. I would not put cameras inside your home. Yes, exactly, um, quagmire. So. This is a this is a crap sandwich with an extra heaping of Ugh, uh on top, okay? The final thing I'll say about this one, and I went long on this one, but this was a heck of a story to get started on. The final thing I'll say is I remember, I remember definitively Amazon got hit for a fine for this exact same. Issue a couple years ago because I remember the Ukraine part of it. It was literally the it, it was probably the same Ukrainian third-party contractor. But look at this, right? Ukraine third uh contractor accessing Amazon ring con videos. It it wasn't even ring, it was uh the echo devices, right? And they were listening. The thing is. I remember the story. They were listening to people's conversations and it got, it got ridiculous. See 2019, 2019 right here. I remember it three, four years ago, April, four years ago, same exact thing, same exact thing. And the Ukrainians were listening to people's stories. Like I, I remember the story. It got silly where, um, like basically, you know, if there was like a, a household that had like some major drama, um, the Ukrainians would come in and it would be like, oh, what's going on? Like, with all due respect, Kimberly, I'm going to make you the avatar right now. Like, Kimberly and her husband are, like, having, like, whatever, like, crazy parties or, like, you know, internal domestic fighting or whatever. And, like, the Ukrainians would come in and be like, hey, what's going on with Kimberly today? Like, it, it became, like, a real-life soap opera for them, right? That, that was, like, part of the story and why it was so salacious. Everything's fine with Kimberly. That was just a... Um, That was just a, 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 you know, a use case or case study story. This is gross. And thank you um, for like, I'm thanking myself from the past to the future. This is what happens when the fines do not warrant any level of behavior modification, $30 million. Guess what? Look forward to June 2027 when we see another story about Amazon ring data getting released and you know, everybody gets flared up for a minute and then goes on to the next thing. Ah.
1: Kaspersky reports on new mobile APT campaign targeting iOS devices. Kaspersky researchers have uncovered an ongoing mobile advanced persistent threat campaign targeting iOS devices with previously unknown malware. Dubbed as Operation Triangulation, the campaign distributes zero-click exploits via iMessage. These run malware that gains complete control over the device and user data with the final goal of being able to spy on users. Kaspersky uncovered this APT campaign while monitoring the network traffic of its corporate Wi-Fi network using the Kaspersky Unified Monitoring and Analysis Platform, Kuma. Upon further analysis, company researchers discovered the threat actor had been targeting iOS devices of dozens of company employees.
0: All right, right. So this story, it, this is a really <laughs> you, you may not realize it, but this is a product placement story, uh, very very, very um, <laughs> like obvious. So Kaspersky released some research. This is very interesting zero click iOS attacks with total system compromise is a thing. What does that mean? That means that if you cannot, listen, if I send you a text message right now, you cannot stop from receiving it, right? You could block me after you receive the first message, right? But you cannot prevent someone from stop sending you a text message. Just like with with some like I'm oversimplifying it but you can't control what cell tower your phone connects to right and I know that there is some nuance there but for the most part you can't control what cell tower right so with a zero click total compromise if anyone sends you the text message it'll own your device and you're screwed right this is wicked powerful if you want more information on this go and Google NSO Pegasus that software does it perfectly and it's made a lot of news so there's a lot out there. Um there isn't much information here on what the Apt is, who they're targeting or whatever, but if you want to know if you're being targeted, you can get you can buy Kaspersky solution, which is like I said, put in the first sen- put in the first sentence of the story so it's it's not really an elegant product placement. Um, yeah, if you think that uh, well, and the final thing I'll say on this one since I went so long on the FTC Amazon one. If you think that iOS devices are not susceptible to malware or compromise, get your head out of the sand, okay? Just like Apple computers can be, malware can be written for them. Um, so I'm not gonna spend a terrible amount of time on this. One final thing I will share that if you are even remotely interested in becoming focused on Mac or iOS, any kind of Apple product malware or security research, if that's your jam, the person that you want to follow, and he's the, is Patrick Wardle, okay? This guy right here is the de facto expert on Apple malware ecosystem. He's a former NSA guy. He lives in Hawaii. He is just every bit of uh, a surfer, cool dude that you can get. Like, I love this guy. This guy is so chill. He's always at Black Hat DEF CON, so you can... um you can, you can connect with him there. He's super approachable. He's super cool. And he is one of my three absolute top three favorite speakers. I will move entire schedules around to go to see his talk. He is so good at whatever he's talking about. And just as a fun fact, my three favorite speakers of all time, two of them have been guests on Simply Cyber Live. And Patrick has not been, and I've I've reached out to him, but I think I'm going to ask him in person at Vegas. But I, if I could get him, that would be awesome. Uh, so anyways, if you're interested, that's just like a little uh, additional digging if you'd like to go a little deeper down the rabbit hole on Apple.
1: House to choose Army General Hartman to be the new number two at Cyber Command. Army Major General William Hartman is President Biden's pick to be the next deputy of U.S. Cyber Command, rounding (laughs) out a major leadership overhaul of the military's top digital warfighting organization. If confirmed by the Senate, Hartman would replace Air Force Lieutenant General Timothy Haw, who is the president's nominee to helm Cyber Command and the National Security Agency, replacing Army General Paul Nakasone, who is retiring after more than five years in the dual roles. Isaka pledges to...
0: All right, I did not really listen to the story. Uh, what what's his name? AG said a bit shameless, so I was trying to understand what that is. Anytime there's anything in chat that kind of, yeah, I just wanted to know. Uh, all right, so looks like you know, the the White House has been making some moves. I kind of find it interest. okay, a couple things. One, the White House is choosing a general, a two-star general to be head of Cyber Command or, or number two at Cyber Command. We just had a story last week about um, a three-star general. No, 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 uh, be my little general. Yeah, 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 a three-star general um, taking over cyber for NSA or taking over the NSA. So there's some there's some large pieces moving around on the chessboard um, right now. One thing that I think is interesting, and if anyone who works in the government or has, you know, worked in DOD, like I worked in DOD, but it was a million years ago, like I'm kind of curious, you know, like this General Paul Nakasone, he was in the role for five years. I know that they don't typically uh, map to presidential elections, or but usually I feel like positions like this are somehow slightly tied to administrations, and we're in the middle. Like almost done with with uh, Biden's uh, first term, so I I just find it you know interesting that pieces like this are are changing, but at the same time, like you know you can't you can't be in a role for five years and be like oh I'm just going to stay two more years because of the president. So um you know it it doesn't surprise me that these military leaders and experts are the ones who are uh, being put in positions because. Guys, cyber is its own battle domain. It's very hostile. The internet's very hostile. Many adversaries of the United States, countries that would like, or countries and organizations that would like to see the United States uh, not be successful, are doing, you know, (laughs) military type stuff. So having military type people in charge of these uh, capacities, I believe, is a good thing. so, anyways, this is cool. Uh, personally, I don't see this like changing the way that I work day to day or the way that you would work day to day. So, it, this is kind of a big piece thing that I don't think is going to really impact any of us. But what we'll see, we'll see.
1: Help grow cybersecurity workforce in Europe. Global Professional Association ISACA, ISACA, has announced a pledge to the European Commission to grow and empower the cybersecurity workforce in Europe. ISACA is an international professional association focused on IT governance. Its full name is Information Systems Audit and Control Association, although it now only goes by the acronym ISACA. The pledge will see ISACA provide 20,000 free memberships to students across Europe to acquire crucial cybersecurity skills and support the identification of qualified cybersecurity candidates for organizations.
0: All right. All right. I'll have... I'll put two hats on for this one, y'all. Okay? First, the uh, first the the nice hat, okay? Or, like, the the um, glasses half-full... Uh, everybody's like farting rainbows and like the, you know, like sunshine and, and cupcakes everywhere. All right. Isaca sees a workforce issue in Europe around cybersecurity and is going to provide 20,000 memberships to students in order for them to get access. Oh, that's coming. AKA the scientist. don't sweat that that's part two. Isaca is going to uh, give out 20 memberships, which ISACA does have insider resources for memberships that um, allow you to connect with other professionals, get uh, professional development, right? So many of us, you know, come to Simply Cyber, many of us Google stuff, many of us uh, digest things. Well... If you want it a little easier, right? You could join one of these professional memberships and they kind of curate and, and make it accessible to you. And they host their own conferences and, and stuff like that. I, I'm not gonna knock it. By the way, ISACA is very aligned with GRC, uh, Governance Risk and Compliance type work, if you did not know that. Um, my, I, I have ISACA CISM and ISACA CISA, which is uh, Information Security Manager, Information Security Auditor, the auditor, cert is perfect. If you want to be a GRC professional, my, I let, I, I didn't renew mine. So they, they are like revoked right now, but I still keep them my, my resume. Cause I, I passed them. So, um, now, now let's talk about this. All right. Here's the cynical one. Get the tinfoil hat. ISACA provides 20,000 free memberships to students. Cash, homie. Do you know what you have to do? Do you know why my certs um, were revoked? <laughs> because you have to pay annually to keep your membership. You have to pay annually to maintain your certs and your memberships, right? It, the access. So, you know, like, hey, like, you ever heard of first one's free, right? <laughs> you know how drug dealers work? Hey, first one's free. Try this cigarette. Oh, try this jewel. Try this, whatever. First one's free. Get in here. Ah, no, 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 no no obligation. No commitment. Just get in here. Hey, 20,000 people. It's going to be 250 bucks to renew. 20,000 times 250. What is that? Half a million dollars. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I'm sure Cynical Jerry is wrong about this. And you can wrap this in a righteous blanket and say that they're doing right by Europe by hooking them up uh, and, and, and addressing the cybersecurity skill gap. But ISAC is a for-profit company, guys. Like, any, uh, anything any business does, except for maybe Black Hills Information Security and Simply Cyber. Cash, homie. <laughs> so let's do the mid-roll.
1: And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Have you fallen victim to a ransomware attack? Well, don't worry. Barricade Cyber Solutions has helped... Thousands
0: oh, ISC Squared is a non-profit. Thanks, James McQuiggan. I appreciate that. You still have to pay a couple hundred bucks a year to maintain your CISP. I know that for a fact. ...of customers
1: in situations just like yours. Ooh, $5 million. Their proprietary ransomware recovery services oh. are designed to quickly get your business back on track their team of experts will identify the source of the attack and provide a comprehensive solution to prevent it from happening again. You can count on them for the security of your data and systems. Visit
0: BarricadeCyber.com I know. Alright, really quick. Super Chat, James Mcquigan Did we just become best friends? Yep! James McQuiggan. Uh, I'm like a punching bag for James Mcquigan as he like bones up his chess moves to actually play someone who's really good at chess. I, th- I had James on the ropes. This is personal story. I should do this at jaw jack. And I had James on the ropes and uh, he ate my queen. I th- I th- I'm I assuming that I'm going to be able to eat his queen in a hot minute. But um, yeah, I like, I like agonize over my next move in every game, in the late games with James. So just, James, you're living rent-free in my head, my friend. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll. Let me tell you what we do on the mid-roll. All right, I want to say thank you to the stream sponsors. I still haven't removed XM Cyber from here. So just pretend that they're not on, (laughs) pretend you don't see that logo. I want to thank the uh, stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Penopsi Security. If you're getting entertainment value from the stream, if you're getting education value from the stream, please do a minute favor hit the like button. If you get value from the Simply Cyber community, if you have gotten, if any of my videos have helped you in any capacity, hit the like button. Why? It is not to pump my stats. It's not so I can go downstairs and tell Mrs. Rozier that I got 100 likes today. It's literally to trigger the YouTube algorithm to go find other people who are searching for cybersecurity content and tell them that people who like cybersecurity content, all of you, are liking this content which will push the stream into other people's feeds you see what i'm saying so let's do that together if you would i want to say shout out and thanks i think we like aci learning did not ask for this for the month of uh, june but i'm going to do it anyways because i've been working with them and i like them guys if you are looking like do the free stuff first right do the free stuff first there's a ton of great information out there uh, to better yourself from a cyber perspective for free but if you're looking for like a hyper curated um well well produced i'm talking like very well professionally produced cybersecurity education content it content certification prep osch cissp all those things go uh, it pro tv they're called aci learning now is awesome and members of the simply cyber community can get 30 percent off their first month the first year with the coupon code simply cyber 30. Just give it a shot. Like just check it out. I, I have I have taken some of their content. It is very classy. It's very well done. The whole reason that I am affiliated with them is because I really, really believe that their content is legit. So thanks ACI Learning for allowing me to be related to you. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, it's time. Let's do it. My good friend Jamie Fleck is currently holding the baton. So Jamie, loved your post on LinkedIn. Go on LinkedIn, search for hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge, connect with the people who are making those posts, connect with the people who are in the comments, and build your professional network with like-minded, engaging cybersecurity professionals. You will really benefit, believe me, Jamie, if you could tag someone in chat. Also, just as a quick direct shout out to Jamie, I read your post, Jamie, I commented on it, but just to tell you uh, directly, you might wanna look into industrial control system security. It's a niche field, but I I believe your background um, in the Coast Guard, it it will actually help you. um, It'll make for a smoother transition, but that's just a thought, um, something for you to check out. All right, guys, who are we tagging, Jamie? Dale Faye, is Dale Faye in the house? Does Dale Faye wanna giddy up on it? Let's get it. Love it, love it, love it. Jazzy Jazz. All right, so uh, Jenny Housley, if you can keep an eye out for uh, Dale Faye. 250, a quarter thousand, an eighth a ton. Simply Cyber Community, you guys rock. All right, guys, so Normally on Friday every single day of the week has a special segment. Fridays are your Grayson joke of the week. Now we don't have a joke today, but but Jerry, how are you gonna let us down? Well, you may notice that I am dressed very dapper today. My son Grayson I'm very proud to announce is graduating from fifth grade. He's moving on to middle school There's a big ceremony today as soon as this show ends. I'm hopping in the whip I'm going to it. I can't wait. Congratulations, Grayson. Mom and Dad love you. Let's continue on.
1: Microsoft finds Mac OS bug that lets hackers bypass SIP root restrictions. Apple has recently addressed a vulnerability that lets attackers with root privileges bypass System Integrity Protection SIP, to install undeletable malware and access to victims' private data by circumventing Transparency, Consent and Control security checks. Discovered and reported to Apple by a team of Microsoft security researchers, the flaw, dubbed Migraine, is now tracked as CVE-2023-32369. Apple has patched the vulnerability and security updates from macOS Ventura 13.4, macOS Monterey 12.6.6, and macOS Big Sur 11.7.7, released two weeks ago on May 18th.
0: All right, so uh, first of all, Super Chat, James McQuiggan. Uh, you know what? F- first of all, James, uh, great joke, so check out James's joke. Uh, in fact, I'll just read it in case you're listening on the pod- the audio podcast. James shares for the joke of the day. Pinch hitting for Grayson. I went to the store to pick up eight cans of Sprite, but when I got home, I realized I picked seven up. Thanks, uh, James. That's another thing I love about the Simply Cyber community. Sometimes I can't be here. Eric Taylor jumps into the into the seat and hosts. Sometimes Grayson's not here. James McQuiggan always quick with a great joke. Thanks, James, uh, for pinch hitting for Grayson. All right, guys. Um, this is a couple interesting things here. One, I love that Microsoft, who makes Windows, is actually got a security team that's looking at Mac OS bugs, like well-played Microsoft. Secondly, this is a pretty legit uh, concern that you can bypass system integrity protection. This is basically to keep um, malware from operating at system or root privileges. So you should perk up and listen to this one. Keep, Keep in mind, on Apple, Apple makes it really easy. Like, congratulations, Apple, I appreciate this. Um, Apple makes it really easy to maintain the, um, your, your, your updates and your upgrades of your operating system, right? So they make it very easy, automated, uh, good stuff. I love the way Apple pushes that. Um, you got to be careful with SIP, though. Uh, the, the, the one thing I want to point out here, and this is a really cool, um, to me, this is really cool when it happens, okay? The way that the threat actors or the researchers were able to bypass the System Integrity Protection Control Mechanism and be able to run malware that could not be deleted on the uh, the box or to be able to do whatever they want on the on the the uh, Apple computer was by abusing the Migration Assistant Utility, okay? And this is what I wanted to point out on this story really quickly. Anytime, you gotta remember guys, like anytime there's any functionality, right? it can be weaponized. A lot of times, um, uh, security researchers, uh, software developers will QA 80%, right? So most people, when they use an Apple computer, you know, they launch it, they do, you know, file vault for encryption, they run apps, they do the app store, right? These type of things. The migration assisting utility is really only used when you're migrating from one computer to another and you want that smooth transition. So it doesn't really get a lot of focus, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. And those type of things sometimes aren't given the same level of QC, QA, uh, quality control, quality assurance scrutiny that they warrant. Right. And that's where, like, that's where the nuggets lie. That's where the, the opportunities to abuse exist. I want to just share another one, right? Remember Fel, uh, Felina, the Felina bug, right? So Microsoft um, has nothing to do with Apple here, but Microsoft basically nerfed macros in Microsoft Office applications because they were getting abused. And threat actors found an opportunity through the Felina vulnerability. So F O L I N A, if you want to Google it and learn more. The Felina vulnerability, which basically abused the mechanism that allowed you to send information to Microsoft, right? So, like if you're using a a program and it fails or there's a bug and it crashes, sometimes you get a pop up when it says, Do you want to send this to the software developer um, for bug tracking and to help them out? You may have seen these pop ups in the past, right? Well, that pop up, it's a program that's running it and it's a program that's going to open a network connection and send that data out to the software developer. So because it's a program, it can be abused and it certainly was abused. And that's what the Felina bug was. So I just wanna point out that there's these opportunities where these like um, less popular, less used, less seen, less whatever uh, uh, utilities can be just as abused as your popular main ones, right? So just be mindful of that. Software is software, period. It doesn't matter if it's popular or it's unpopular.
1: New MoveIt Transfer zero-day mass exploited in data theft attacks. Hackers are actively exploiting a zero-day vulnerability in the MoveIt Transfer file transfer software to steal data from organizations. MoveIt Transfer is a managed file transfer solution developed by Ipswich, a subsidiary of US-based Progress Software Corporation, that allows an enterprise to securely transfer files between business partners and customers using SFTP, SCP, and HTTP-based uploads. It is offered as an on-premise solution managed by the customer and a cloud SaaS platform managed by the developer. According to Progress Moveit is used by thousands of enterprises, including Chase, Disney, and Geico, and 3.5 million developers.
0: Yeah, this came across the feeds last night, and I saw it. Uh, I actually was like, "Oh, I'll make a quick video on like how this exploit works," because because it, it it like there are tons of vulnerabilities, right? There's new vulnerabilities every day. But what why this one caught my eye is because, um. It's being mass exploited, which means that threat actors are going ham all over the place, exploiting these. There is no patch for it. That's what makes it a zero day, right? And it has to do with file transfer. So like your data, it's like directly your data. It's not like you you exploit something like the SIP thing we just talked about on Apple. And then you can get to the data. This is like straight up on the data. The other thing I want to tell you and why it caught my eye is because... Um, two things happened one trusted sec which is dave kennedy's company published this last night with um like this is actively being updated um like an incident response type thing of this particular attack so if you're interested in learning more like here's the tldr if you're running if you run move it in your environment you absolutely need to stop like literally i don't say this very often you need to stop watching this stream right now and come back to it later and and this needs to be the top priority right now okay so i'll put a link to that also like what really pushed it over the edge is um huntress which is where john hammond works huntress is actively on this too right those are two really two very serious Important, well respected, legit cybersecurity companies that are on top of this. Like when Huntress and TrustedSec, and there's others, right? If Black Hills did it, um, like there's other ones, right? But if they are on top of this this quickly, you should pay attention, okay? It, like especially TrustedSec, because they're obviously um, aware of clients that are experiencing this and helping them respond. Trusted Sec um well so dave kennedy's company is trusted tech and binary defense one's offensive one's defensive i believe and that's how they've kind of broken it up but just know if they're on top of it it's a big deal so i've dropped links in chat to both of those you can see you know they got the showed in screenshot here you'll be able to find these things out in the in the wild pretty quickly it sounds like it's pretty simple to compromise and then they got all your data right so um giddy up if like i said if you are running move it in your environment you absolutely need to stop and go address it right now if you don't know if you're running move it i will tell you it's for larger enterprises from what i've seen and you should be able to ask your data management team if you're big enough to have one of those or your it folks really quickly if you're running uh all of these syst- uh, all of these stories have um iocs yar rules sigma rules for detection etc you could see uh, Huntress is actively updating this um, in real, not real time. They haven't done any updates today. But but my point is, this is like a living blog post. This isn't like a point in time thing. Also, I think John Hammond had mentioned a Reddit post. Wait, let's see what this Reddit says. Um, Yeah, so there's a Reddit here. I'll drop this Reddit post in chat as well. Okay, guys. All right. Expect more stories to come up from this move it thing.
1: Black Cat claims the hack of Case Point. The Black Cat Ransomware Gang has added the company Case Point to its list of victims on its Tor Dark website. The discovery was made by cybersecurity researcher Dominic Alvieri. Casepoint provides a legal discovery platform used by several US agencies including the SEC, the FBI and US courts. The gang claims to have stolen two terabytes of sensitive data belonging to lawyers, the SEC, the Department of Defense, the FBI, police and more. If this breach is verified, the ransomware group may have compromised sensitive and possibly classified information. Idaho All right. hospital.
0: All right, I'm gonna um, blast through these class couples so we can wrap uh, and I can I can take it, I can get to my um, to my event. All right, Black Cat claims the hack of CasePoint legal platform. okay. So Black Cat is a ransomware um, threat actor. I, to be honest with you i don't understand why more legal firms are not attacked black cats definitely going to do data exfiltration and then ransomware so Casepoint's probably screwed anyways i didn't listen to the story but probably screwed anyways because their systems are going to be down it's a platform which means their client base are lawyers so now lawyers aren't going to be able to do their job so this has got like a spiderweb blast impact which would probably want to force Casepoint to pay the ransom But the important thing is, if they don't have good uh, data at rest encryption on the data in there, Black Cat as a threat actor is going to have all sorts of different law firms' data, which is, first of all, uh, violating uh, client attorney privileges, very likely. Second of all, that's a massive amount of sensitive data that they can then turn around and weaponize, um, do extortion, blackmail, um, you know, like a million different things, right? So that's not good. and and my final thing is I literally I don't understand why law firms aren't targeted more. I've worked with some lawyers. Um, they are not, from what I've experienced, they are not like super advanced on IT. they they may wear like a great suit and talk with big words and seem threatening, but they don't. They are just lawyering. They're not uh, they're not IT people. They don't have infosec. And again, from what I've seen, they don't really invest heavily in uh, in, in IT or security. In fact, they're a little little less likely to invest in IT and security from what I can
1: tell. Diverting ambulances after cyber attack. Idaho Falls Community Hospital, which serves a large community in eastern Idaho, is diverting ambulances to other clinics after a cyber attack damaged its computer systems. Spokespeople for the hospital stated that some clinics connected to it will be closed until they, quote, feel confident the virus has been fully removed, end quote. They did not confirm if the attack was ransomware related. They also noted that they are still caring for patients and surgeries are continuing as usual. Their emergency department is still open and most clinics are still seeing patients.
0: Alright. Yeah, so... Healthcare, um, healthcare is gonna get ransomware. It's not new, right? It's happened in the past. Um, there has been documented examples of a person dying, um, uh, because they did not get the the treatment or the, the care that they required because they got to, they were gonna go to a hospital, they were gonna get what they needed. The hospital was being ransomware, they diverted the ambulance to another hospital which was too far away. Person died in transit. I think it happened in the UK. So there has been documented instances of ransomware kind of resulting in death of an individual. This is somewhat similar. Um, based on what I just heard, the hospital is, uh, up and running in some capacity. It's not like fully down. Um, but, but, but this isn't good guys. Um, as you can see here, uh, Tallahassee, Florida had a situation where they diverted patients. Uh, Canada had one on, on Christmas day, like attacking healthcare is not new. It's considered, it's actually like looked, you know, it's. I don't want to say it's looked down upon, but there is this weird like honor among the ransomware threat actors on what they will hit and what they will not hit. And, you know, like if you're a ransomware as a service affiliate and you do something you shouldn't, you kind of, you get like backhanded by um, the threat actors like Lockbit. I believe it was Lockbit, like provided the decryption keys to uh, a children's hospital, Uh, and, like, apologize for the affiliate's behavior. I think it was a children's hospital in, like, Louisiana or something like that. But anyways, um, just know, like, healthcare, I mean, it's deplorable. But, like, for an industry, dude, if, like, healthcare, they're probably likely to pay the ransom because it's, like, patient safety is the priority and time is of the essence. And hospitals are, like, notoriously like hot messes of IT infrastructure. In fact, I would I worked in a hospital for 6 years. I'll tell you what guys, if you are looking for like a really rewarding but really challenging opportunity to like learn a lot about cybersecurity, healthcare is an amazing and healthcare is an amazing industry. I'm not even talking about HIPAA. Like HIPAA is not even remotely like that's like down the list, like 5 or 6 you know, item down the list. Like the top 5 things you're dealing with in cyber, in healthcare, <laughs> it's not HIPAA. All right, believe that. All right, guys, that's gonna do it.
1: Don't forget to join us later. Yeah,
0: don't forget to join us. Okay, do, do, do. All right, guys, I wanna thank all of you for being here. I know it was kind of an abbreviated show, no jawjacking today. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Thank you all so very much for your continued support of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. Uh, stay tuned for next week. Uh, Kimberly has uh, Kimberly McKnight and Chad has done a wonderful job. She's made up a ton of different like daily cyber threat briefing uh, assets like pictures and videos and stuff like that, that we're going to make available to the entire community. So if you wanted to so, uh, post on socials or share with your community what we do here every morning, uh, we're going to enable it. So it's, it's much, much easier, much really fun, frankly, to share those things. I'm Jerry with Simply Cyber. Thank you all so very much. Have a wonderful weekend. And until Monday, stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.